Thank you for tuning in to the Dove Vision Experience Podcast. It's your boy Frank Nitty. I'm back with another series. Of course, it's going to be a new series. I just recently wrapped up the series with the shy. If you didn't get a chance to check out that particular series that I had going on, please go back and click the buttons and listen to that series. Watch that particular show. You know, watch this first season, the second season, the third season. Binge out on it. Let me know how you feel. Let me know your thoughts. Um, I would like to know what you guys feel, how you guys feel about that particular show that I just recently wrapped up on that, you know, 10 episode series. You know, we got a new one coming to you. You know, I'm always out of out on a lookout for new shows and new you know new art new things to talk about that's kind of trending and doing along that i like to see and i like to watch and i like to talk about and i think this new show that i'm watching is going to be one of those shows that we're going to all kind of catch on to and we're going to start talking about you know this show that i'm talking about is called lovecraft country you know it's produced by jordan peele it's based on based off a book that was created in you know 2016 a novel written by matt ruff you know, it's called Lovecraft Country. It's a horror series written by Misha Green and, and uh, co-produced by, like I said, Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. It's based in the Jim Crow era of the 1950s. And I like this show because it, ha- it gives a, a nice race relation type story that's fueled by the horror part of the story. But it's not a very scary type of show, but it has a little gore in it. It's kind of so it gets your attention and kind of gets you uh, gets you pulled in. The, sh- the episode started off kind of slow because it was kind of setting it up. But then as the episode start to go on, it start to pick up and we start to see of course the ending kind of got me hooked and so this is the episode one of this new series called love country lovecraft country if you guys aren't watching it you know i would highly suggest you kind of hop on it it's an hbo show so with that i go ahead and get the podcast started and as like i say always grab your lighters pull up if you're at the gym turn me up let's get it Thank you for sticking around to the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. Like I said, I got a new show, Love Car Country. You know, I hope you guys really enjoy this. I'm going to kind of break it down and, sh- and kind of tell you how the show went and some of the things that you might want to expect while watching the show. Like I said, this is a new show, so it's going to take a little time for the, the show characters to start develop. But we're starting to see some things in episode one that's going to carry on to episode two that I think we're going to really enjoy and going to really like. So the open scene starts off with um, a guy that's following him a journey. He's at war. You know, it's follows one particular um, soldier. He's at American War. It seems kind of sci-fi-ish. He's battling. He's in the mix. It's between it's between a sci-fi and a horror. You know, as he continues to fight, he goes down through an alleyway. He's fighting guys, and then he comes upon you know as a a creature that's kind of floating down from the sky. It's coming from a, a spaceship, and you can kind of see right then and there that the show is kind of mixture between you know reality, you know imagination, sci-fi, and a little bit of horror. As he continues, to, the person continues to float down. You see that there's a red alien type figure is slowly descending from the spaceship down, kind of hovering down to the earth. And as the, as the creature gets to the earth, it kind of gazes into his eyes and he sees, and then all of a sudden the monster is kind of growing up behind him. And then as he continues to kind of look at the lady, the monster gets huge, gets bigger and gets bigger and gets bigger. And then all of a sudden, Jackie Robinson comes with a bat and smashes the alien. And you're like, what? What? Why is Jackie Robinson in this? And then you can continue to realize that, okay, this is a kind of a sci-fi thing. You kind of understand it. And then all of a sudden he hits a hump, boom, and he wakes up. You're like, okay, well, it was a dream. He was dreaming because it was a sci-fi, it was imagination, it was more of a dream type state. And as the, the camera continues to pans, pans back, you can kind of see that he's at the, he's on the bus with the bus, the book kind of laying across his lap. He's looking at the window, and the, the camera kind of pans back a little bit slowly, and you can see the color, the color people only sitting in the back. So you can kind of tell that the show is kind of based in some like the 50s or the 60s. So we we haven't quite figured out when the show is actually based yet. But you can kind of see that with that state, that statement saying color in the back, we know that's in maybe the 50s or early 50s time so the, the bus the bus somehow breaks down in the middle of nowhere and then they realize that you know 
and he's kind of sitting out on the side he's reading a book and then you can kind of see that you know a truck come out at the distance and it pulls up and then all of a sudden it stops and then you can see all the white people are getting their bags and they're getting on the back of the truck and then as a black individual during those time he and along with the other um, black individual that was on the, on the bus was a young black was an older black lady and so he goes to realize that he knows he can't get onto the back of the bus with the with the other white people because those were times were still segregated you had whites and blacks and so he grabbed the bags he helped the young helped the older lady grab her bags and they're kind of walking and they're talking and you can kind of see that the show is really kind of has a lot of good dialogue and they're kind of talking about some things that things that he's reading and she's talking about the book that he's reading and what he what he enjoys about the book and on the journey he's talking to her and he reveals that you know she 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 knows that he comes from the army he's like oh what's one of the big things that made me join the army was my father and one of the big things that made me go coming back is my father because he has gone missing and so now we figure out the show is set in like the 1950s in chicago between 1954 possibly 1955 and the show pans to the next scene where his uncle and his wife and they're in the bed and they're talking and we come to realize that this is um this is the traveler's guy he's the guy who's doing those time from chicago he does safe travel so he maps out the the safe places to stop along the travels when you travel from city to city and so that's his his hustle and so he's doing that and they're talking about it and he wants his wife you know at some point she wants to go on the road with him but he knows that it's really dangerous to kind of go on the road so you know at that moment you see tick which climbs he climbs through the window and he scares his little cousin and then the uncle runs up front he's always just tick and so they're excited to see him because they didn't realize he was coming in so he kind of gives them that glory and that joy for coming from the army he comes to the window and he scares her and so everybody's excited to see tick and then kind of tick kind of lets everybody know he's there and then and then george his uncle uh, reveals to him that his dad's been missing for two weeks and his dad kind of and he knows that's why he's coming home he's like hey my dad's been missing i need to come home and i need to find him so the son reveals and as they continue to talk and he it goes to the auto shop where his dad actually had his his uncle has the shop and they're kind of talking he's looking at books and he sees the, the, the some of those horror books that he wasn't able to read when he was younger but that's where their bond is their bond they, they bond between books that's how they bond with one another they're talking about the books and then the son in that moment reveals to him that there was a note that his dad his dad wrote to him you know to come find him basically in lovecraft country and then they're looking and the uncle reads and he said, oh, that's Autumn. You know, that's a D, it's not a K. And so they're they're deciding, you know, where they want to do, and they're going back and forth, and they're talking about their pops, and they're kind of going out of memory lane, like he, you know, his pops, you know, wrote him a letter. He hasn't talked to him in a long time. And so he's trying to figure out what his, what his pops is, and he wants to go out and find him. So what you can kind of see, he leaves out of the out of the auto shop and he's going around the neighborhood. He's going towards a bar and he goes into the bar. He bumps into somebody he knew as a young kid. They kind of give him a little grief. And so he's looking for the owner. So he goes out back and he sees the owner. The owner kind of lets him know like, hey, man, I seen your pops, but he hasn't been around. You know, I haven't seen him in like two weeks. And so all of a sudden I know that he left here with some sharp, spiffy guy. They were in a, a gray sedan. You know, he was looking sharp and it was fast. And so he was like, oh, you haven't seen him. So where is he now? He's like, I don't know. I don't know the person he left with, but these are some of the things that I saw when he was leaving and so now and then we're kind of going along in the story we're, we're not introduced to who letty you know as she knows she's a young lady who pulls into town she gets out she's a camera she has a camera with us so we kind of figure that she's a photographer or some type of you know profession that's what she kind of into because she's taking pictures and she's standing off to the side of the stage where a young lady who's on stage and she's singing very well everybody's like really jamming out to her you know she she goes to cut and try to figure out exactly what song she should sing next before the next act come on and they see her sister to the side and her sister comes on stage and they 
and do a nice duet and they're singing and they're having fun and enjoying themselves because lady has a great voice in there actually because i think they sung when they were, were much younger when they were kids and so now the town knows them as the singers maybe throughout the churches and things like that but now they're kind of singing their their popular song that everybody wants to hear they kind of tear it they tear it down everybody enjoys them they go off stage and the, the older the, the older sister's like oh you're back in town huh so what do you need now younger sister's like i don't need anything you know but i do need somewhere to stay so she's like, i knew i knew you need something and so the little sister's like yeah i just need somewhere to stay and she's like i give you i give you two two weeks She's like, what? I give you, give you two weeks to stay. Like, how can I find something in two weeks? So, and so they're kind of going back and forth about, you know, their their um, their mom because if she didn't come home for a mom's funeral, and she, the older sister is much upset about it. The younger sister is kind of upset with her about her living arrangement, saying her that she should be staying somewhere much safer and much better. And she's like, hey, I got to do what, what I have to do because you weren't here when mom died and I had to take care of those things. And so they kind of give that little frustration between the two because she wasn't there when the when her, when her mom passed away. So Uncle George and Tick, they're discussing the next trip. You know, they try to figure out they're going to go to Devon country. They're going to figure out where their dad was because that's where the note came from. And they're kind of going back and forth and they're kind of talking about how they're going to make this long distance trip. And so we then see Tick kind of leave and go to his own house. And he's kind of making a long distance call. We don't know to where, but then we hear South Korea and a lady answer the phone. He doesn't say anything, but the lady kind of knows that it's, that's him. So we kind of figure, did he go AWOL? Because they never showed and never talked about, you know, where he actually left the army and what reason he left the army. He just kind of showed up, you know, with a dream in the back of the, back of the bus. And all of a sudden he's just like there. And so that long distance phone kind of, get, kind of gives us a realization that he may have went AWOL because the lady in, in South Korea say, hey, I know that's you. You know, I can hear you. I can hear you. I know that's you. And then he immediately hangs up. So we know there's something going on there that's leading on, but they, ne they never really you know, discover. They didn't go much more into that. So as we the next morning come, they're ready to go, ready to take the trip. You know, take his uncle George and Lydia are now ready. They're ready to head out and now to get on the road because uh, he didn't and, and and Tick didn't realize that Lydia was coming with them because they knew it when she was much younger. And she's like, oh, you come with them. He's just going halfway. You know, we're going to drop her off at her brother's house and we're going to go on to, you know, Devon country and look for your dad. You know, so they, they are now, you know, on the road, they're enjoying themselves. They're, and then as they, you can kind of see throughout their journey across to the to Devon country, they're going across the Midwest. And you can kind of see that the, the, the country is still segregated because they have a nice narration of the story as they're kind of a montage. They're going across and they pass by an ice cream station, uh, ice cream shop in a certain a small town. And you had color on it on one side and you had whites on the other side. So and then you also see that the movie theater is actually a color only only entrance as well. So you kind of get that realization that this is a very um, a race, not a racist, but more of a it is a racist, more of a racist um, generated, you know, montage. But it letting you know that how things were segregated, segregated back then in those times. And so it gives you a little breakdown of, you know, those times and how things were and, and kind of give a nice period piece to kind of get you kind of drawn into the story. And as they stop at the gas station, you know, they're getting gas, Liddy and and uh, and tick they're outside they're pumping gas and they're talking and you can see the white kids are actually doing monkey signs to them they're they're making fun of them and so they're in the heart of the heart of the midwest and so they are very upset and so tick goes to try to fight the guy lady pulls him back they get in the car and they pull off and as you can kind of see you see the ancient mama sign on the billboard and they're continuing to drive on and then all of a sudden you see more of a more of the sundown you know if you get to this country it's sundown country you know if you don't let the sun set on you while you're here and so if you don't understand that it's in those times of a sundown town like you don't want to be caught in those towns where it has sundown and you can possibly get hung or murdered or shot or killed in those type of towns 
So they continue to go and they, they, they ride to Simmonsville, their next stop. And so they are in the, they are making a stop. They want to go say, hey, we want to go get a hot meal. So this is the next stop that we can go to. Simmonsville is on, on a hot meal. He's like, hey, I haven't been to this town before. It's not, on, it's not on my guide map, but I want a hot meal. Let's go there. And so that you can kind of see as they're pulling into town, the white people are actually looking at them very strange, like, you know, basically like, why are you here? And, you know, Uncle George is like, hey, we're here. We're, we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to get us a hot meal. We're going to go here. And so they come up to this particular diner that he's kind of heard about before and try to add it to his guide list. They stop, they get out and the, the, the tick and, you know, let it there. They're basically not saying that they don't feel right about it. And they're trying to, Uncle's like, hey, we don't, you know, let's, let's just go. Let's not stay here. And Uncle George is like, hey, our money is just as good as theirs. So they go in they sit down and as they sit down you see an older white gentleman and you see a younger white guy behind the counter who's actually the server and they look at them very strange like why why are you in here like this is not a place that you should be in here you know this is not a colored establishment and so they sit down and lady gets up and she goes to the she goes to the restroom she kind of goes in the back and then while they're in the back you know they kind of see you see tick and uncle george they're sitting at the table uncle george is trying to you know make something like everything's cool and tick is like man we need to get out of here and then he's kind of looking around putting the pieces together and he's looking at wow all these things are looking weird this place is completely white you know the, the walls are white everything's white and so he asks his uncle he's like hey why did they paint the white house white and so the uncle starts not really thinking about it. He's looking at he's looking at the menu. He's trying to figure out what he wants to order, and he starts to tell a story about you know why the why the White House is white. And as he's you know telling the story, they kind of pan back to Letty and you know going to the restroom, and she kind of stops as she hears the white younger gentleman in the back. He's on the phone, and he's talking to someone on the phone. He was like, "Hey, I didn't serve them. You know, I know what you did to the last you know people that came through here, and you served them." And she can see that since that, okay, this is not right. There's something's going on. And, and they pan, uh, immediately cut back to, you know, Tick and Uncle, uh, my Tick and Uncle George. And Uncle George said, hey, the, the White House basically painted white because of they burn it down. They want to cover up the ash. And at that moment, he pulls the he pulls the floorboard back and he can see all the burnt wood and ashes on there. And Lady comes out of the back. She's running. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's go. We got to get the hell out of here now. And she jumps. She goes. She runs out the door and they chase. They get behind her and they get in the car. She pulls off. And then all of a sudden, you can just see, you know, a bunch of white guys on the pickup truck and they're chasing behind them in the car and they're shooting and they're running and they're running and they're shooting and they got the, the fire truck behind them and they're basically you know firing off the pistols at them, shooting the rifles at them and they're, they're running through the town they're flying through the town in the car she's driving she's letting them know like hey look you know we need to get out of this town as fast as possible and then as she's driving down the road they're constantly shooting at him and then what happens is you know you know tick he's getting out he's pulling a pistol out of his bag he has like a revolver he kind of shoots back at them they shoot the, they shoot the one out of his car and lady's still driving and swerving she's going through town and as they're going out of the outskirts of town they're kind of see a car in the distance it's the gray sedan that they talked about earlier in the show and you can see it off in the distance it's kind of going to meet them at a railroad point and so they're going they're driving the, the people are still shooting at them and tick is still shooting back and as they get ready to cross the the, the railroad track the the gray sedan kind of cuts behind them in front of the the uh, the pickup truck where the guys are shooting at them and then as they continue to go the, the, the gray sedan it makes like a, a quick u-turn and all of a sudden you see the pickup truck flips over the car turns over lady slams on her brake they see they see what goes on then this young white lady she gets out the car she looks real sharp and real spiffy she gets out the car and she looks at them she stares at them hard like she's almost protecting them somehow and then lady just hits the gas and pull off 
Okay, and they pull off, they ride off, and they make it safe. They make it safely to a brother's house. And then at their brother's house, you know, the brother's serving them dinner and they're kind of talking about, you know, where they're going. And they did he did some research for them. And as they did this research for them about these particular towns that he's going to, he noticed that there is a he has a folder and a file with the sheriff name and the sheriff face and picture, and he has a lot of complaints about NCAA, I mean NAACP about how he's treating black people. And they continue to talk about this particular area, let him know that it's not a place, a safe place for black people to go to. But Tick, he's he's adamant about going and finding his father. So he's like, he really don't care. And so they, they're arguing, they're talking, and all of a sudden, you know, they go outside and, you know, you can hear um, Letty and her brother arguing about her not showing up for her, her mom's funeral. And he's outside talking to his uncle and his uncle just let him know, like, you know, about his dad, how much his dad really cared for him. Even though his dad kind of treated him bad as he was coming up and forced him, almost forced him off into the army his dad didn't want him to go to the army because he felt like he was going to be fighting another white man's fight but he wanted but tick really wanted to join the army because he wanted to get away from his dad and so you know he's talking to he's talking to his uncle and his uncle's trying to let him know like his dad really cared about him no matter how he treated him he really cared about him because he told a story about how his dad would come over to the house and they would he would sit around and no matter how long he would sit around he would wait for uncle george to offer up information about Tick because Tick would normally talk to his uncle more than he was talking to his dad. So he was letting him know how much his dad really cared about him. And as they continue to talk, you know, he, he let him know he's like, man, you know, you don't be don't be so hard on your dad. You know, your dad came up. We were all, you know, have gone through some rough times with our parents. And you know, he was much younger and he was smaller, so he took the brunt of it. And he was like, wow, you know, I should have been able to look out for him. And then at that moment, you know, Tick lets lets Uncle George know, like, hey, why don't you look out for me? And so again, he was he was basically letting him know, like, hey, look, when he was beating on me, why didn't you step up and help me at at that point too? So they kind of made them feel a kind of bad in situation. So, you know, they continue to grow forward and the next morning they're ready to go. Everybody gets back in the car, they're on the road and they're looking for this particular bridge in this town. They're just riding around in circles. They're in the town, they can't fight and they're riding around and they realize this is a sundown town. And so they get out the car and they're just kind of frustrated and they're walking and, and all of a sudden, you know, Tick gets out, he's walking and then lady comes up behind him and they're kind of staring off in the distance. They kind of hear something. And he's like, oh, you know, what's that? And he's like, ah, oh, man, maybe just something in the woods. And then as they see, they know that they never noticed that there was a, you know, a white police officer, you know, that's kind of pulling up behind them. And so they kind of turn around and walk back to the car and the police comes up to him. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? You know, it's a sundown town. He's like, yeah, we noticed sometimes sundown town. We're going to about to head out right now. We're just stopping, you know, having a little rest break. And of course, the, the sheriff that they saw in the picture in the file is the sheriff that actually pulled up on him. He's like, you know, why are you guys here? He's like, hey, we're just taking a rest break. He's like, I know you're not, you know, not pissing in my woods because if you would, I'd be able to uh, basically arrest you guys and take you in and all this, you know, just giving them a hard time. He's like, you guys need to be getting out of my time. He's like, oh yeah, yes sir, we're heading out right now. We're gonna go this way. He's like, but if you go that way, you're not gonna make it because sundown is in, you know, 709. And right now it's 702. It's like, oh man, well, we're gonna go right now. And so, and they get ready to jump in the car and everybody gets in the car and Tick has the wherewithal to think about it. Hey, can I make a U-turn right here? Because he has to go, he has to go north. He's like, hey, can I make a U-turn here? And the, and the white sheriff's like, kind of like, oh, you're a smart one, huh? Ask me nicely. And so he wants him to be, he wants to belittle him and he's like, ask me nicely. And so Tick kind of like doesn't want to say it, but he knows what he's asking for. Ask me nicely and I let you make a U-turn here. So Tick has to say, you know, may I please make a U-turn here, sir. And the, and the sheriff lets him make it. He's like, okay, yeah, you can make a U-turn here. So he try to, he belittles him in that moment. And so, and, and what they're doing in Devon, in, De in Devon County, they know this is downtown, so they have to rush out of the town. So they make the U-turn and they're driving and they go out, they going outside the town. But what happens is the sheriff is behind them because he knows they don't have a few minutes to get outside the town. And so what he does was he, 
and Tick knows he's like, hey, we need to speed up. Everybody's like, we need to speed up. He's like, no, we can't speed up because if we speed up, he's gonna pull us over because the sheriff is actually behind them, trying to track them down to make sure that they get out of town. So if they don't make it, he can actually stop them, pull them over, and of course he can hang them out in the woods. And so you can kind of see this 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 mad dash to try to get out of the town. And his dad and, his, and Uncle T, uh, Uncle George is actually looking at, at the map, and he's like, hey, we have a couple of kilometers to get through, get to this particular bridge, and we can get out of this town. And so you can see Tick is driving, and the sun is kind of setting, and the time is going, and they're counting down the time. Oh, we have you know two minutes, and we have one minute, and you can we have thirty seconds. And in that time, you know, there's a guy. I mean, there's a sheriff. He's ramming him in the back of the car to try to you know disrupt what they're doing, either break the car down or make them pull over. So he's trying to frustrate them but he's not standing he's standing steady he's driving the speed limit is 25 so he's driving 25 and they have 30 seconds to get across the bridge and they're, they're riding and they're riding and then luckily they made it and so the sheriff stops they get excited they pull across the bridge they they kind of making and driving they're excited everybody's happy that they made it they, they made it. they beat sundown and all of a sudden they see four four cops just standing on this other side of the bridge just waiting on them so they kind of hit the brakes just stopping it's like ah oh, man and then next thing you know, they're outside in the woods. They got them, you know, they told them they got the sun down. It's dark out there. Now they have they have the guns pointing to the heads. They rush them through the woods. They pin them down to the ground, and they're talking to them. So they're trying to make them confess to a story that they trying to make them confess to a, a, a incident that happened in town that they know nothing about just so they can kind of you know commit some heinous crimes to them out in the dark because you know those times when they catch you out in the woods they can do whatever they want to with to you they can hang you and they can basically you know make up any story that they want and people are going to believe it because that those times they are they are they are the cops you're black so whatever they say basically goes so as they're in the woods, they're they're laying. They got them on the ground. They're talking to them, and they hear some sound. And it's some weird, it's some weird sound that they've never heard before. And they're like, hear it again. And everybody's looking around. They got the guns out. And they got the flashlights out. While you know, Letty, uh, they got Letty, Uncle George, and Chick. They're laying on the ground, face down. And all of a sudden, bam! You see something comes out and eats one of the cops. And everybody's just frantically like, "What's going on?" And they're running around. And all of a sudden, everybody just takes off running. Letty, Letty gets up, and Chick gets up, and they all start running towards. Uh, they all starts running in the woods. And what happens because uh, Uncle George's knee has always been hurting because he's had two surgeries on his knees because he had a sh shattered kneecap. He slips and he falls and he lays down. And so Letty, Letty and Tick, they're running in the woods and then Tick sees a house. And so they're all running towards his house. And Tick and Letty, Tick and Letty run and get in the house, close the door real fast. Boom. And then all of a sudden they see the police they come behind them, they put the shotguns, they shoot through the door, make them open up the door, and they go in, they kind of look all weird. And one of them is bit real bad. You can see one of them, the sheriff, he's, he has, like, the monster has bitten, like, maybe bitten into his shoulder. And they're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And they're drenched in blood because of the, the monster that's been eating people. They're like, whoa, this is crazy. And everybody, like, frantically trying to figure out what's going on because they can hear the, they can hear the monsters out in, in the woods. And the monsters basically ate up three, of the, three or four of the guys. And so it's like two, it's like the sheriff, another guy, another white guy, and Liddy and ticker in the house and they're trying to figure out like what's going on what what can we do and it's, she seemed like they might be and she and, and tick notices real fast like he thinks about one of the stories that he read that you know it's like almost like they're scared of the light because the light that's why they didn't come down he puts two and two together oh he's like what we heard in the woods earlier it was what, what probably one of the monsters but they didn't come out because they, you know the sunlight because of, um the things that they that he's read and the stories he's read in the past kind of help him about trying to figure out what's going on and so they think about the car and he's like, oh man, where's the car? And the, and the sheriff tells him, oh, the car is like, you know, it's, it's 
two kilometers that way you know you gotta go through the woods and then you better get to the car he's like all right i'm gonna run to it and so the sheriff's like no you're not gonna run to it because you're kind of you're a smart black man you're gonna run off and leave us and he's like no you go and he's telling Lily, like you go Lily, you go and so she's like no he's like i can do it and so she talks herself into it and he and and and, and what happened tick basically talks to her like hey you can do this you can make it he's like you can do it and she he's she's convincing him like oh i can do it i can go i can make it He's like, oh, okay, okay. And so she gets ready. He lets her out the house and she's running through the woods. And you can kind of see the monsters behind her in the trees. And this is where the sci-fi and the horror comes into play. Because you can kind of see it's going to the gory parts of the show to kind of get you wrapped in. Because it's toward the end. Because the show has been leading up to this moment. And you can see the monsters are actually chasing behind her. So she gets to the car. She gets in. The monster comes out and it jumps in front of her. She gets to the car. She starts it up. And all of a sudden you see the lights come on. And the lights blind the monster. He digs into the ground. And then as that moment, we cut back to Uncle George, and he's been laying on the ground, and you can see one of the, the monsters has bitten off one of the guy's arms, but he was holding a flashlight. So, you know, what happened was Uncle George gets up, and he, he catches the flashlight, he's looking around, and he's, he's walking really slowly, and he sees the cabin, and they go out, and they open the door, and he gets in the cabin. And they're like, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know. And, and they start talking, and, they, and, and Uncle George, of course, he, read, he reads a lot of books, and reading a lot about these, you know, the vampires and things like that. And so all of a sudden, he's like, hey, 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 you know, uh tick what happens when you know in the vampire movie when someone gets bitten and, and tick says uh they basically turns into you know a vampire and at that moment you know the um the sheriff who was bitten you can kind of see that he's actually starting to turn into one of those things and they're like hey and uncle george's like oh, oh hey but you need to shoot that guy and he's like oh you're not gonna shoot i'm not gonna shoot the he's the sheriff he's like no you need to shoot him he's turning right now and as you can see that that scene where the sheriff is actually turning into the one of the monsters because like like i said in those vampire movies when you get bit you turn into a vampire and as in this story when he got bit he was turning into one of those monsters and as he was turning into one he was turning into one of the monsters in front of our eyes and all of a sudden he turns into a monster and he bites and he bites and he eat and he kills the the other the other um the white guy that had to put had the gun and then and as he get ready to attack the uh the uh, tick and uncle george here comes lady in the car and she rams through the she rams through the through the shack through the um the house that they were in and she hits the monster and then the monster gets up and he jumps out through he jumps out the window and he runs and then tick and lady are in the house and uh, all of a sudden you try to figure out all these monsters are now surrounding the house and so what they do they get uncle george they put him in front of they put him in front of the car where the headlights are and then they go out and they start getting all these flares they throw all these flares out in the woods and they kind of light up the woods and you can kind of see all the monsters out there so in that moment you're just like oh man when these flares go out they're not going to survive this they're going to die right now and it's how they're going to just let these people die in the beginning of the show and all of a sudden you hear some weird whistle some loud pitch whistle sound that comes into play and then all of a sudden the, the monsters they take off and they run off and they're like whoa what what just happened here and so what they do they kind of hang out until morning time and then you kind of see them actually walking away from the woods and they're walking across this this bridge and they're all tired because they've been up through the night and they've been dealing with these monsters they're all bloody and they gore it out and as they're continuing to walk they walk across this weird you know bridge and they they see this big large castle and they see like wow why is this huge castle out in the middle of nowhere and so they walk up to the castle and they see that there's the gray sedan car that helped save them on the road and they're like whoa this is very strange that i that, well we see this car and as chick goes to knock on the door there's a white man opening the door and it's like hey we've been expecting you and he calls out his name and so we know that we've been we've been expecting you and all of a sudden the show ends
boom that's the end of the show and so that kind of really draws you in to the show and you're wondering like what's going on it gives you that sci-fi gives you the horror it gives you you know a little bit of tick and it give you uncle george and they give you letty they kind of give you a little bit of story about everybody so they're kind of building up on episode one and so like i said this is one of those shows i think is going to catch on it's an hbo show i think it's going to you know at some point people are going to start talking about it more and i want to kind of give it a week or two before i actually jump in and start making a series about it i like the show i will continue to talk about the show if you like the show you know you should start watching it and then dm me let me know how you feel about the show and let's talk about it let's get the conversation going and like i said if you enjoy it i want to talk about it with you you know hit my dm hit me on my hit me on my g hit my gmail dovisionsf at gmail.com you can hit me at dovision.com or you can hit me at dovisionsf um, at, at instagram or twitter however you want to get in contact with me you can get in contact with me like i said let's talk about this show i think it's going to be a good show you know they have some black characters you know it's based in the black you know based around a lot of black characters you know it's, it's being produced by a black guy you know so this is something i want to kind of continue to watch because I, hbo does a great job in putting good shows out um one of the characters from the wire marlo from the wire is on there not marlo uh, um, one of the one of the characters from the from the wires on there which i really uh really enjoyed the wire he's the guy with the scar in his face i can't think of his name right now but of course you know he's one of the characters on the show he's actually the dad and you know that's what we're we're, we're hoping to see and we're hoping to enjoy in the show that's going to continue to get better week after week so with that i go ahead and wrap the podcast up i really appreciate you guys taking a listen come back to the next episode i'll definitely be talking about this more if you have some you have some um, thoughts about the show please let me know and with that it's your boy frank nitty and with the doe vision experience podcast i'm out I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit dovision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at dovisionsf. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at dovisionsf at gmail.com. Also, please join the Dovision Club at patreon.com forward slash Dovision for early access to the content and some of the behind-the-scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty and I'm out.